Welcome to the Deeper Call Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Neese. Hello, Ashley here. Welcome back to the Deeper Call. I really appreciate you taking the time to tune into this podcast, and I am really excited for you to hear the conversation I had with one of my dearest friends and soul family members, Lacey Phillips. You might know of Lacey as a global manifestation expert and the founder of To Be Magnetic. She is also a mother, garden tender, and has recently started a new project called Familiars, where she connects animals to their soul families. My friendship with Lacey spans a decade, and in our conversation, we bring our deep connection and a few heartfelt tears to the show. One of the aspects of our friendship that has been so meaningful to me is how we have co-evolved as friends, and in my experience, that is very unusual. Over the years, I have outgrown or parted ways with many friends, yet Lacey and I continue to have all these points of resonance from how we parent, to living with nature, to our desires to continue evolving. And even in the places where we diverge, there is a mutual respect and support for one another. Our friendship is truly unique and is such a powerful anchor in my life. When I had the dream to bring this podcast into the world last year, Lacey was such a source of encouragement. Nearly a year ago to the day, I sat with her in her backyard in Topanga with our two kiddos, Zen and Teddy, running around in the grass. I was just on the heels of setting a really difficult boundary with a family member, and Lacey reminded me that I had actually passed a huge test because I was no longer willing to play small in that relationship. Lacey was also one of my only friends who showed up for my family and I when Zen arrived at our door at seven days old. It was our first experience with fostering, and it was such an expansive and challenging time. Lacey was there every step of the way, and she continues to show up for us with each new foster placement that we take in. There are many reasons why I wanted to have Lacey on the deeper call, and the one that stands out to be the most is offering a glimpse into our friendship, what we call soul family. Growing up, I did not have many models of encouraging adult relationships, and it feels really important to show my younger parts and anyone else who is struggling in their friendships what is possible. An essential aspect of Lacey's work in To Be Magnetic is the concept of an expander, which is defined as someone who has created or achieved something in their life that we desire to also have or create. My hope is that our conversation offers an expansion to what is possible in friendships and soul family, as well as the joys and challenges of parenting, learning to be present and attuned, and the power of connecting with our most authentic selves. With deep care and gratitude, Ashley. There are so many places I wanted to start, but first I just want to say thank you so much, Lacey, for saying yes and for being willing to be in conversation with me today. And I was telling Nick, I was like, I'm probably going to be crying the entire episode because I just love you so much and feel like so supported and cared for by you. And it's already starting. Here we go. But I said to Nick, I was in like, (laughs) it's great. Just in like thinking about like how to even start, you know, the conversation and really what I have been feeling into is like, there's obviously so many things I could ask you and so many conversations that we could have, but I just really wanted to start with this feeling that I have in this concept of chosen family 
because both Nick and I and our kids feel like you and Max and Teddy and all of your animals and even your parents and just the whole thing are like part of our chosen family. And that is so precious to me. It's so important to me. And it has been like being friends with you has been such a like deep, expansive healing on so many levels. So I just wanted to start by saying that. Oh, I love that because I feel exactly the same way. It makes me think of my tarot reader. You know, when I work with her, I'm looking at something beyond chosen family, which is so important in the physical realm. She's like, this person's your soul family. Like you guys came in as souls together to be on this planet together. And so when I think about like where I am in my life right now, I'm surrounded so much by my soul family. And it's wild to think we met God, what, how long ago? 10 years ago in Echo Park in Silver Lake. Very different lives going on in the sense of different partners, you know, same careers, but it looked very differently. And to think now that you guys are in Mariposa, so intertwined in all of the things that I love, like to me, that is the deepest example of soul family and chosen family. Like, you know, like you said, even with my parents, you know, so ingrained and, and you guys have been on such a journey of truly chosen family, you know, from fostering and adopting resource parents, you know, and so it's just the most beautiful context. And I reflect that back and I'm so grateful and it feels just so beautiful, so integrated. And I love that that's the way we're starting this. Mm, I love soul family. I love that. I'm, I'm going to be like integrating that and using that. That feels so resonant. And it, it has like a different a vibration and resonance, even than chosen family. It feels just somehow deeper. More divine. Yes, that's it. There's like that divinity piece. I was thinking about the apartments that we lived in in LA when we met and I was laughing to Nick. I was like, okay, let's just count now. How many animals do all of us have combined? It's like, you just had barley and I just had my one cat, Falcor. That was it. We each had like one pet, you know? (laughs) Become this full thing now. And then also Nick had Greta. Yes, that's right. Nick had Greta. That's right. Yeah. Up north. (laughs) I still remember coming to your, that really beautiful Silver Lake bungalow that you had manifested where you made Erica Chidi and I like the most beautiful plant-based dinner that night there. And do you remember those days where like it was designed so well and like crystals when you went in the bathroom and just like so zen and peaceful and thoughtful. And now if you fast forward to our lives... <laughs> like they couldn't be more out of our control. Like if you look at our lives then in the space that we had and the time and the intention to me where our lives are now, like you guys, I don't know if there's a week that goes by that you're not like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, having a sickness come up or an animal rescue or, you know, things coming up with being a resource parent and, and a huge lack of support there. And, you know, my world feels similar in different ways. Back then, our lives were so intentionally mindful and spiritual and evolutionary, but now we're like in it. We're actually in it. We're in the surrender. We're in the chaos. We're in the uncontrolled. And to me, even though it's so hard, it's so much better than what that was. And And when I say better, for me, I mean, and so much more on our path 
So I just really like want to reflect on that. I think it's so fun to look at that arc and just see where we're at now. It's just chaos, but it's such a beautiful chaos. Mm, Yeah, it was just as I was leaving, Nick and I were kind of like, we didn't sleep last night very well. Zen was up at midnight and Nick's like, you better get him out of this room right now and go take care of him. And and I was like, I know I will. And, you know, he was just exhausted. You know, he's just so exhausted. And we have uh, three kids. No. Yeah. Three kids in our room. Like how many kids do we have right now? We have three kids in our bedroom right now. So it's just total madness. And it's also like, like you said, it's so beautiful and so incredible. And so we're just so in it in so many ways. But before I came to my office today, we were just like having this moment and I was like, I'm just really stressed. And he's like, I know, I'm really tired. It's like, okay. And then he texts me when I get here. I'm sorry, I'm going to clean the house. And I was like, I love you. You know, It's like, that's just what it is and it's okay. But there's something that you said in that, in that surrender that just really hit me. Even before you said the word, I just, I, I heard it. I was like, surrender, surrender. There's so much in uncertainty. There's so much in the chaos of, yeah, there's just always dishes in the sink and there's always dog hair everywhere. And there's always like, you know, things are misplaced and it's all okay. You know, it's actually all okay. And Mm -hmm. my system has really just grown so much in that too. And just having those moments of like, yes, the house is a mess. And then turning on the music and being like, hey, kids, let's have a dance party for 20 minutes. It's like, let's just be in this together and have some fun. And they're like, yay, yay. And Zen's dancing and Solomon's dancing and all the kids are running around. And it's like, that's it. Just what you said. I feel like it's it's surrender. And it's like, I have this visceral feeling of just living. Like, it's just really living. It's not trying to control everything and make everything perfect. And like, let me put this food this way. It's just like, no, we're just like going to be here right now. And it's messy and it's beautiful. And, and I find myself in those moments when I'm dancing with, with them, just welling up with tears, you know, cause it's like, and I know you relate mm-hmm. to this too. Cause it's like, this is what I've been wanting. Like, this is the life that I've been wanting, you know, and this is the family experience that yeah. I have been wanting. And, and that's what we're creating. It's so special because I even remember, I don't know if you remember coming over that night, like I was on an Ayurvedic cleanse and I think I had just maybe met Max. It was really, you know, anyways, you came over that. It was Barley. It was like the little Echo Park tiny apartment. And I think that we were both in transition at that point. Like you were transitioning out of your past relationship experience because you wanted everything that you have now. And it, it just wasn't going to show up and be that. And similar to me, like we were in a, that very similar transition at that time. And as we're both talking, isn't that crazy? I love that you said like, this is the family experience I've been wanting, like not the one that you grew up with or that I grew up with. Like, this is what we've been wanting to create and desire on such a deep level. And this brings me back to the soul family concept, right? Because coming into the world as souls together in the same family, choosing to go through our experience, if one believes in that, I do. Choosing to go through that and then reconnecting and being in similar experiences at the same time and there to support one another. I think about the validity of this concept so much, actually. I don't know how much you've shared about Zen, but that he was six days old, a Sagittarius, like you guys had been calling in a baby. They said babies never come single babies, right? It's always older kids. And at that point, you guys were like younger than Saul. It has to be younger than Saul. And he had never really had contact with anybody until he met you guys. Like to me, there's nothing more defining of a soul 
family. Like he chose the vessel in which he came to connect with his soul family. So there's this, this concept of soul family that's becoming so deeply meaningful to me. And of course, yes, uh, relations, um, and ancestry on the, on the physical plane has importance, of course, but there is this piece of me now that's like coming online that is like, but souls are who we've been traveling with forever. You know what I mean? And so it's just this beautiful thing that's tied up in this wonderful opening conversation that I just am really excited about. Mm, yeah, I'm just really feeling everything that you said. And I, I haven't actually shared much about Zen on this podcast yet. So I appreciate you kind of opening with that too and just recognizing that. Like Nick and I talk about it in this way of like, how many things had to constellate, right? If you think about a constellation, to like mm. have him land in Mariposa of all places, right? And then it's like have his parents, yeah. his birth parents land in Mariposa for him to be born, you know, around this community. And then all the other things that had to happen with his four other siblings. It's like every single moment is just like, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it was just too wild. It's like, oh, and I felt that when he arrived with us, yeah. even as scared as I was like, oh my God, they're just going to leave this baby here. It's actually a similar feeling that I had when, when we left the hospital with Solomon. And I was like, wait, you guys are going to let me just, well, Nick's just going to wheel me out in a wheelchair with this baby. Like, we don't even know how to use the car seat. Like, is, can someone come help us? You know? And it was a, it's a little different, but a similar sense of like, uh, wait, you're just going to leave this baby here with us. And the social workers did, they came, we signed the papers and they left. And Nick and I just kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, like our son is here. Like our son is here, like, wow. And we just were crying and holding him and it's unbelievable. And then I remember, I'll never forget Sally waking up the next day <laughs> and going like, oh my God, like, cause you know, they brought him in the night and Solomon was asleep and we didn't want to wake him up. And he's like, oh my God, he's here. Like, I can't even imagine what that must have felt like for him. Like my brother's here. Whoa. Like, look at this. For a three-year-old. He it was probably equal parts. Like he's here, but like, oh shit, he's <laughs> because <laughs> it's that like quick transition <laughs> so but also so like i wonder if they've traveled if they've been traveling you know they have to have yes. been you know to be brothers in this plane they have to have of course so i love that and and thank you for sharing that yeah and there's one other piece i wanted to share because i know you'll really this will really resonate with you too and this is something that nick and i have talked to solomon about because we were doing and i got this from you way back when, when I was, you know, when we were calling in Solomon, you know, spirit babies and like doing all the meditations in that book and just getting really into it. And it's so interesting. I remember sitting on the bed with Nick at his place in Oakland and we were doing these meditations and he's like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? And I was like, I've just keep seeing the color yellow and I keep hearing the word sun, like, and there's just like joy and there's brightness. And I was like, what are you feeling? And he's like, I'm feeling this like really feminine energy and this whole other thing. And it was fascinating. And then he started feeling this energy. And then all of a sudden, the energy just went away and he wasn't feeling it anymore. And then I started feeling the energy more and more and more. And then not too long after that, I was pregnant. The thing is, like, Nick and I will have these conversations with Solomon. And Solomon has straight up said to us, I wanted to come through daddy. Like, I wanted to be born through daddy, uh -huh. you know? Like, <laughs> well, do you remember that on my podcast that Nick was on, he shared that the baby was communicating to him first? He's like, uh uh, you're gonna go through Ashley if you're going 
Oh. I don't remember, but he said that on my podcast way back when. I'm sorry. I'm so excited that I No, now you that up. you're bringing it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen. And Solomon will still say to this day, like, yeah, I wanted to come through daddy. And I'm always like, and it's interesting because, oh. you know, really leading to, you know, the work that you've created and the work that you do, it's like looking at those younger parts. It's like, I'll have a younger part that'll be like, so upset, you know, but like, but what do you mean? Like, why didn't you want to come through me? You know what I mean? And then it's like, I'm able to really talk to that part and then come back to, you know, my more kind of adult present time self and be like, that makes so much sense, Solomon. Like, I really hear what you're saying and just really be present with him in mm. that, which has been so amazing instead of just hearing that and taking it personally and, you know, getting upset about it and having it kind of trigger these younger parts of me, but to really be able to be present with him in that and mm. go, oh yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I feel like that's similarly all I'm being called to do in these moments is like, get present. Like with Teddy, she'll say, get off your phone, time to be present, you know, just present. And there's such a different level of presence. Like I remember reading some therapist, child educator, et cetera, that was like, if you can just dedicate 10 minutes each time that you're you're present with your kid and you're like, you and I are going to have full 10 minutes, like eye contact, here I am in your world on your level with you. If you can do that, you're golden. And so there's been this level that I've been recognizing in myself it's through this challenge, honestly, the challenge we're on. And I think it's through these flower remedies that Nadia has been making me. She's been making a lot of flower essences lately. And in particular, must be like, it's the Mariposa Lily. I don't know if you're familiar with this flower. Do you know this one? Yeah, the woman that I work with in Arizona, literally two days ago, she's a flower practitioner. She sent out a newsletter with the Mariposa Lily in it and Nick texted it to me. I mean, this is all, again, here we go. It's all coming through. It's like the third time now. But yeah, it's really, really potent. And I'm so, I love that you're taking that from Nadia. That's incredible. Well, so- I was hiking in Topanga. Obviously, it's the super blooms this year from all of the rain. And I walked past this flower and I was like, oh my God, this is one of the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen in my life. And Max was like, that's a Mariposa lily. Next day, I grabbed it and I took it to Savannah King, you know, the artist, the jewelry artist here in the canyon. I was going to like drop it at her doorstep to be like, I want to have gold earrings made. I was, there was just like a deep resonance with this flower. And then like Nadia was getting so into the flower remedies, you know, she was making flowers for herself and feeling really drawn to it. And now she's, you know, making flower remedies for other people. And I had been on a remedy and then this one came up and I was like, I just like spirit talked. It was like, this is what I need to be on Mariposa Lily, which as you now know from that newsletter, is all about the mother wound, mothering, uh, like all the things about motherhood, just in general. It's like the most beautiful mother flower (laughs) ever. And so I was like Mariposa Lily, California Wild Rose, Iris, and all the Yarrows for like all the psychic stuff. And, And I don't know if it's this Mariposa Lily that's doing it, but when I thought I was being present with Teddy before, you know, just like here present, I'm not doing anything else, we're together. There's such a deeper level of presence that's happening on this flower of like looking into her eyes, seeing what she's thinking, seeing the intention behind everything and equal parts being like, I am so lucky to get to be with you on this planet. It's just the most beautiful experience I'm having with learning this new level of presence that I didn't have. I didn't know this. I don't know this. My poor mom, she certainly didn't know this neglected as the youngest of five in a really tumultuous household. 
But now after experiencing this flower and working with it and, and with Teddy, I'm like, oh, this is what presence is in this day and age, because we've been raised with technology. Like there, sure we're present, but there's always a level, a lack of presence that's happening. And not just from Instagram or social media or whatever, we're talking like EMFs and all of just the energy around us. Like this is what old integrated mothering presence is. And I'm starting to really go, oh, I have a I have a ways to go here. Like this flower is teaching me how powerful <laughs> this is. Mm, just listening to you talk about this, I'm feeling that just in my own body as well. And just, you know, also wanting to reflect back how much I've witnessed you just continue to come into presence. And so hearing that you're at this other place now, we are going even deeper with the support of the flower and specifically this Mariposa lily is so incredible because I've watched you do so much work around showing up to be the kind of mother that you want to be and to show up for Teddy in ways that you weren't showing up for. And I mean, that resonates for me too. As a parent, that's that's similar work that I'm trying to do and that I am engaged with. It's like, how do I really attuned to my kids and what does that look like? And for me, I have a history of so much disassociation. And so presence can look like, yeah, my body's here, but I'm actually somewhere else, you know? And so really mm-hmm. so much of this work has been like, how do I integrate more? How do I come back more online so that I can feel that? And I just, I felt that in my body when you talked about that, like you're going into this old, like integrated mother place of like, oh, this is what it is. And it's also just really reminding me and making me think about how these paths that we're on, for lack of a better word, it's like there's just, we can continue to go deeper, right? And what presence looked like a year ago is really different than what it looks like now. And what presence looked like five years ago is light years away from what it looks like now. And that's so incredible. And it gives me like just this feeling of like, oh yeah, I think sometimes I get hard on myself because I'm like, oh, I wish I could have shown up like this before, right? Or two years ago, I wish I could have shown up like Mm -hmm. this or you know, and Solomon was really struggling with sleep stuff. And it was just really, really, really challenging. It's like, I went through all that with him. And then I was able to show up for Zen really differently. And I'll be with Zen. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I could have shown up like this for Solomon. And it's actually okay. You know, it's like, I did the best I could in that moment. And with the tools that I had, but what you're saying is so important. It's like, your presence is continuing to deepen. And that is such a beautiful, potent piece and something that I am continually aware of as well. Just It's almost like I can feel it when it's happening in my body, like this energy going down into my heart. And I'm like, oh, there you are, little one. You know, <laughs> like now I see you. Oh, and it's sometimes it'll flood me in this way that's actually good. I'm like, whoa, like here's this magical being, my my child in front of me. And like, I just want these moments. Like these are the actual moments that are so, I'm going to get choked up again, <laughs> just like, I mean, he's just growing so, especially Solomon, he's growing so fast. And it's like, I want more of these. I want more of these like really deeply attuned moments with him. And they're also like so healing for my little one. But like, it's that attunement, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing that I think, as you know, you're so deep in that process right now of attunement that I think not many people have ever experienced in their lifetime, you know, like that level of intimacy, connection, mirroring, matching. I think it's rare for people to understand and experience that. And I think 
that's what the world needs more of is attunement. Like that is the, the healing and the depths and the intimacy we're all seeking. They were all wanting that deep connection with animals, with, with plants, with the earth, with the water. Like I know this is the hippiest stuff ever, but it's also the most ancient wisdom ever too, you know? And so as I'm deeper on this path, you know, through the 2B magnetic work and the enhancements that I use outside of it, that is what my soul is craving so much. And, you know, funnily enough, that's all that children are craving. That's it. Like, that's what they want is attunement with and reflection with the people around them. I would argue that's all that animals that are domesticated, at least domesticated animals are desiring as well. And so it's just so, it's such a big concept um, that, you know, one day, like someone's, I mean, someone, many people are diving into that concept, but, you know, I believe that each of us are different pillars in our communities, you know, and each of us influence our communities differently. Like, I can't wait for someone in our community, maybe it's going to be you, (laughs) to really going to take the lead on like attunement and work with practice around attunement and, you know, and how you can reach it with breath. Like, you know what I mean? And even your newest book, which I'm like, cannot wait to dig into, but like actually having space to tap into and get into attunement because you can't do that without space. Uh, Or I think with repetition, you have to have all that space to form repetition, to form memory, to form neuroplasticity and habit that it's faster and easier to get into and not to mention integration through trauma work. So I just love this conversation of attunement. It's what we all are craving because it's what we all, for the most part, lacked as children. (laughs) Yeah, I'm loving it as well. And it's got me thinking like in my own trajectory, how in some ways it's an advanced practice, right? It's a bit of an advanced concept because in order to even get to attunement, there's all this foundation that had to be laid you know, in terms of change and growth and repair and integration, all the work that you shared, it's like all these new neural pathways had to even come online. And as I mentioned before, like with the disassociation piece, it's like, there's no way for me to attune if I'm not in my body. And if I don't know that I'm not here, like that's step one, it's like, I've got to recognize, oh, I'm not here. Okay, let me get here. And then once I can get here, then I can start to do some of that work. And I didn't even, it's only been in the last few years that I've done the work of really reclaiming a lot of parts of myself that have been offline and have been, so, it's interesting. It's like, we can, I can get so used to living a certain way. And then all of a sudden it's like the veil is lifted and you're like, oh, that's actually what checking out was for me. Okay. I thought it was this other thing. No, it's actually this thing over here. And how incredible to then go, oh, all right. That's what I want more of. Even though in my own trauma history, that's the piece, like the disassociation piece is like, that was such a deep survival strategy, even above like hypervigilance and all those other responses that I can have in my system. Like that one is so present and prevalent because it's also murky and confusing. And I can be in a state of confusion and not recognize like, oh, I'm actually about to disassociate right now. Like, mm-hmm. And that's one of the pieces I've done in my work is really like starting to recognize like, what are those somatic markers that are happening in my system before I'm like fully, fully checked out? And sometimes it's by choice. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, this is a lot. Okay, I'll see you guys in five minutes. You know, I just need a break. And maybe sometimes 
Aquarius. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's well, there's a lot of that too. It's like, and there's that. But it's, you know, back to the attunement piece, it's really like working with all those pieces that I've been able to go, oh, right. Like I want to be more present and I want to be more attuned. And honestly, I think too, so much of it for me has been becoming a parent, becoming a mother and doing deeper work. It's like you could there's only so much work I could do on kind of reparenting myself working with even a lot of my childhood stuff. And then I had Solomon and it was like, oh, there it is. And there's stuff that I didn't remember. There's stuff that I'm, it's like, I can't remember who it was. I think, I think probably a lot of people have said this in a different way. And I always thought this was really interesting. It's like, there's when you kind of look at um, having, you have children, however they come to you and let's say there's their age one, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like you're reliving a lot of the experiences that you had when you were one. And then when they're two, there's maybe memories and experiences that are coming up from when you were two and kind of so on. And I just always, I like that concept and idea because it's, it's definitely been true for me. It's like watching Solomon go through these stages. I see what I was like. I see what I wasn't allowed to do. I think that's been a big one for me. It's like even just getting myself regulated enough, you know, like around his tantrums, for example, it's like, or when he's really having a meltdown instead of checking out, right. And being like, Oh, I can't deal with this. It's too hard. Actually getting going. It's like doubling down on attunement and going like, no, I actually want to be here. Like what he needs right now is somebody here with him, not me to like be a body, like a vacant body. Like that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. Even though that's like my deepest and hardest work in this moment is to stay present when things are really, really, really tough. Mm -hmm. That's a big piece of it. I mean, gosh, how lucky I, and I'm only just sort of getting into that world, you know, at two, you know, two and a half almost. And it's interesting because like, I know intellectually a lot of the tools because it's, I've been researching this for so long, you know, and it's just been a part of the work and education and, and stuff like that. And, it's funny, even when I want to disassociate, I'm like, okay. And there are some times that I do, obviously, like sometimes like we were trying to go to bed the other night and and she had a really hard time because for a while we had consistency where we only nurse, we're only down to nursing once before bed and we do it while reading and then we cuddle after so that she can put herself to sleep next to me. Um, and then we got in, she got a cold and we got into the habit of like trying to nurse later than that. And that was really hard for her because the moment that I can't, I can't fall asleep anymore doing that, that I had to be like, okay, it's time to cuddle. It was like, ah, you know, cause she's so tired at that point and stuff. And, and myself, who's like such a crazy person about getting sleep is like, it's time for sleep that, you know, and then that's those moments that I have to flip and be like, I'm here with you, you know, and, and like you're saying attuned to where she's at and just be there and hold her and saying, you know, the next night really leading her up, which was last night was like, tonight, we talked about it many times throughout the day where we're like, tonight, we're only going to nurse while we're reading. And after we're done reading, we get to snuggle. So like that preparation, and then to see the difference in the second night, but, but even to just like feel into that moment where it's like, I want to go into old habits of how I was raised and when those things were happening, and then going intellectually, I know this isn't right, stop, pause, even if I'm not able to like really be attuned, I have to get present and on her level. And that I think is so challenging, so challenging. And I'm only at the like tip of the iceberg, but you guys seem like you've been navigating it all moment to moment um, presently. Like that's the best way to put it. Like 
each phase that's coming up with each hurdle that's coming into your life that you guys are like, okay, let's dig. We we're exhausted and we don't have any resources in terms of support. <laughs> so we're going to have to really find this inside of ourselves, you know? And, and I mean, like, this is what we waited for, you know, like, Nobody said it was going to be easy. Like we obviously our souls desired this, but this is what we waited for. Like that's what we did all of this work and continue to do the work for, but it's, it's challenging. It's really challenging. Mm. It's like, there's all the work that we're talking about in terms of just, and I've had those moments too. It's, it's really, and it's been really funny sometimes if I'll, you know, and this doesn't happen a lot, but occasionally it'll happen. Like I'll snap at Solomon. But when I snap, it's not even me. Yeah. It's not even my voice. It's like I'm saying something and I'm like, oh, that's my mom. It's like, it's, it like kind of freaks me out. It shocks yeah. my system a little bit because I'm like, whoa, that was like this, just the edge of that like sharpness is like something really different. And Nick will say that to me sometimes too. He's like, that's not you. I'm like, I know. And then really just recognizing, oh, whoa. Okay. And you and I ta- have talked about this a lot. Like the, kind of potency and the power of doing those repairs with our kids in those moments and coming back and going like, Hey, when I snapped at you, like that wasn't your fault. That actually had nothing to do with you. And I'm really sorry that that happened. It's just how incredible is that? And (laughs) thinking about Solomon, even just the other day I woke up and I was like, not in a good space. I was frustrated. I was so tired. I'd been up like four times with Zen. I was just like not having it that morning. And I was kind of huffing and puffing around the house, just like, you know, and Solomon looked at me and he goes, mommy. And like, I yeah. recognize this. I know exactly what you're. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, mommy, are you mad at me? And it was, it was interesting. It was twofold because in the one hand I was like, oh, uh, he really like is feeling this right now. He's feeling what's happening. And I, I said to Nick later, I was like, I think this was actually like a parenting win because instead of just absorbing what was happening for me. He asked me, are you mad at me? And I turned to him and I was like, I'm really mad right now, Solomon. And it's not at you. And he was like, okay, sounds great. Can I have breakfast? I was like, no problem. Let me get you breakfast. And (laughs) it was just, it was so cool because I was like, oh, all the, it's like the day by day. It's like parenting. There's just so much that happens even in like, you know, a 12 hour cycle or 15 hour cycle when the kids are awake. And there's all these little micro moments, all these little micro repairs that we're doing for all these years lead to him being able to ask. And I just thought, wow, when I was his age, it was just all absorbed. Somebody's mad. It's my fault. I did something. What did I do? How do I fix it? How do I make this person not mad at me or themselves or whoever? And he's just like, oh, okay, you're not mad at me. Cool. I got you. Like, let's just go over here and do this thing and eat. And wow. Wow. (laughs) Like that's what to me repair. Repair to me is the most um, exciting tool because I have the foundation of, and you as well, the moments in between repair, that repair is not used as a crutch, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's an easy way to just be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry all the time, but never checking ourselves and doing the things to become attuned and being present in the meantime. But on that trajectory of of having those tools, the repair piece is the juiciest to me Mm -hmm. because it's the piece that didn't really happen much at all when I was a kid and to many people listening, but it's the piece that makes, I think like the greatest difference. And it feels like such a, such a tool that anyone can access and not a lot of people know, like to apologize to our kids, like, and, and in honesty, 
like the honest piece is so big, you know, of what's really going on and why. And, and so anytime, you know, something's going on with me and I feel stressed, Max is really good about being like, did you explain to Teddy what's happening right now? And so we'll talk about like, mama and dada are buying a van. (laughs) And it'll be like, and you know, it's very stressful for us, but it's not, it's, you know, we'll talk about like the elements of it instead of just like lying about stuff, you know, and I think really being able to have a reality to, you know, like a gauge, you know, like when something's real versus when it's not is also so big, like reflecting reality is so important to me. Hello, Ashley here. I have some major book-related news to share with you all. My second book baby, Permission to Rest, is finally available for pre-sale. In a society that constantly tells us to do more, push harder, and grind faster, Permission to Rest is a passionate cry for a more regulated, resourced, and rested life. If you find yourself questioning your beliefs around rest, this book is for you. If you're looking for support around the very real challenges of grief, guilt, and discomfort that show up when you attempt to rest, this book is for you. If you have a hard time slowing down, this book is most certainly for you. Permission to Rest is a combination of personal essays, scientific research, and somatic practices to help you disrupt the trance of urgency, reflect inward, and rest deeply. Permission to Rest is also a reminder that we have the power to transform our lives from the inside out. I cannot wait for you all to get your hands on Permission to Rest and to hear how it serves you. Learn more on my website at www.ashleyneese.com and pre-order at your favorite bookstore. Now, back to today's episode. I love what you said about reflecting reality and also about not lying. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I'm laughing a little bit, but I think that it's because it's so common. It's, I mean, it's definitely just so common. And even how I see, you know, we'll go to the park and like the things I hear people saying to their kids and I under, it's not a, it's not about me judging like, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. But I just always think like, how are the kids supposed to know what's what, you know? And it's, yeah, yeah, the lying piece is really, really huge. And Solomon's actually just started lying to us recently. He's definitely testing the waters with lying. And so I've had to do some of, mm-hmm. I'm really into Dr. Becky's parenting work. So I'm like in her workshops, like, okay, how do I navigate this? Yeah. Because it's like, why is he doing this? And we're like, but we don't lie to him. So why is he lying? And it's like, oh, it's also like a developmental thing. And it's like totally age appropriate for him to be like, oh, what happens huge. if I do this? And what happens if I do this? And so it's, you know, just obviously not shaming him in those moments and going like, oh, he's lying. This is interesting. Like, let's unpack this a little bit. And I'm, st- I'm actually in process with that. I don't have a lot of answers right in this moment, but it's that recognition of how important it is. And just, I wanted to just highlight what you said that we don't, we don't lie to our kids. And even when we, you know, like they have to go to the doctor, which they don't have to go to often, but I was thinking about Zen when he was so little and really struggling and he was having all these doctor's appointments and we would go to the doctor and we get in the room. I'm like, okay, they're going to take your blood. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. 
you know, and I'm sorry that it's going to hurt and this is what has to happen versus like, it'll be fine. It's not going to hurt. Go look over here. Go distract yourself. It's like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I just can't get into that because yeah. I'm like, no, it's actually going to hurt. And so I'd rather just support him in that than, yeah. you know, try to like do all these other things. I love that. And I know we, you know, we've talked a lot about repair over these last couple of years as well. And it's just like you, it continues to be a big tool for me. And I also just want to underscore what you said about that importance of not using it as a crutch. The less we use it as a crutch, like the more potency it has, because then it becomes like this real thing versus like, oh, well, my parents are always saying they're sorry and it's meaningless versus, oh, I get all this attunement and then something happens because life happens and then I trust it, right? And I trust I trust my parents and I trust that yeah. what they're saying is accurate, that I don't need to be like taking this on or whatever the the case may be, or, oh, this isn't my fault, or this isn't about me. It's like they're having their own experience. And yeah, I just, I keep coming back to how incredible, because I, I don't know this. I don't know this in my body. I don't know this as an experience at all, because it wasn't my experience. It's my experience growing up was that it was all just expectation that I was going to kind of navigate it all emotionally and, 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 and do kind of emotional labor on behalf of everyone in my family without consent, right? <laughs> it was like it was unconsensual emotional labor at that point. And so being in this place, I just, I think about what would it have been like if anyone when I was a kid had said to me, hey, yeah, I'm really mad right now. And I'm even really mad at your dad. And also it's not your fault, you know? And also I still love you. And yeah. also you don't have to be responsible for this and you don't have to take care of me. It's like, and I say those things yeah. to myself, you know, in my own reparenting work and it's potent, but it's, it's not the same as hearing that from a parent. It's just not. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> totally agree. And, and I hope that someone who's listening is like, they're feeling that permission, mm. you know, that, oh my gosh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can do this too. Yes. Because I feel like I had to hear it in other places to even know like, oh, that exists. You can do that that's good. Like, oh, that's great to know. I want to go research this a little bit more, you know, and that resonates. So I'm just, yeah, I'm really happy that they were having that conversation because we're just side by side with a bunch of other parents, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to do the best we can in this generation. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's like, I love what you said about her permission to for other parents or soon to be parents or wanting, you know, aspiring parents who are listening that, you know, one of my, I think one of my biggest hurdles in the beginning was just trying so hard to like, not be like my parents in all these ways that there's a lot of pressure there. There was so much pressure. And then when I, you know, when something happened, like when I yelled or when this happened, I was like, oh my God, I'm like really like fucking up my kids so bad right now. <laughs> it was like, no, it's actually okay because the repair is what's important. And the repair, you know, Dan Siegel talks mm -hmm. about this. Everybody talks about this, like how important that is for the neuroplasticity to like know like, oh, this is actually how we learn. We learn through mistakes. Like that's how we learn. We learn when we make mistakes. And if I'm doing it all quote unquote perfectly, like that means I'm probably not that present. It probably means I'm like halfway checked out. And what are my kids going to learn in that? Like they need to learn how to do this for themselves too. Yeah. And they need to have that modeled. And, you know, to your point about what you said too, how you and Max are modeling that with each other in front of Teddy, like, oh, that gave me like so many feelings when you said that. Cause I just thought, wow, like how incredible for her to be able to witness you guys working it out with each other, repairing with each other and going, yeah, my mom and dad got into it or they had a little spat and like, and they're fine and I'm fine, you know, like, cause she's so fine knowing that you guys mm -hmm. are handling your stuff because whatever's not 
handled is is coming out, you know? It's like, and she's feeling it and everyone's feeling it. So it's, yeah. or it's like, oh, we're fine right now. You're not fine right now. <laughs> like, why are you saying you're fine? You're not fine. You're, yeah. just, you're, you're behind that door, like screaming at each other. Like nobody's fine. <laughs> you know? The animals aren't fine. Nobody's you know? feeling fine. Nobody's fine. I think about it from like a manifestation lens too, where it's like, and I know there's like more work I can do on this to be present, but I'm always thinking about her inner child and her authenticity. And I'm like, I want to offer her the foundation of being able to manifest the partner she wants, manifest mm-hmm. the purpose and career that she wants and man- and have her confidence and authenticity as intact as possible for that experience. So even when like Max and I are going through that or interactions I'm having with her, I'm looking at it through twofold, through emotional developmental well-being, but also (laughs) through being able to be able to manifest the life she wants with less of the hurdles that people go through, which arguably are the same thing. You know, like really at the end of the day, you manifest very easily if you have a pretty intact, integrated emotional well-being and subconscious state of being. So I'm always looking through both of those lenses with her that I'm like, okay, well, we're repairing right now. It's because I don't want you to go through the years that you probably will regardless of being a doormat and doing, you know what I mean? Or or being the person who treats someone like a doormat. <laughs> so I'm always thinking about like all of the pieces, you know, and then it's, and then of course, it'll be up to her to be like, my parents, you know, fuck me up in X, Y, and Z ways. <laughs> <laughs> which is inevitable. It it really is. And when you're sharing, I was thinking of my cousin who her mom is like, she's like one of my talk about like a kind of elder crone expander. Like she's definitely one of mine. She like lives in Bolinas. She has this really cool old little house. And, you know, when she was, had her kids, she was like growing all of her own food in, in Berkeley in the hills. And just like, she's like this really cool woman, like spent all this time at Esalen and knows all the things about breathing. And she's just like, OG, you know? And I remember talking with my cousin and my cousin was like, oh, my mom, when I was growing up, was always growing all of her own food and was always like taking us to these like hippie co-ops. And she's like, and then I like went to New York and like went to school and was just like, oh, I need to get away from all that. And she came back full circle, you know? Yeah. Always. I was in her garden a couple of years ago in Berkeley and I was like, your garden is so amazing. She's like, everything I know about gardening, I learned from my mom. Like, this is all my mom. And I was like, see, yeah. see, to get to myself, like just saying that in my mind, I was like, it's all in there and it will all come back. And I just thought that was so beautiful Yes, because her relationship to plants and to food and to all these, even to the land. And now she has a house in Bolinas too. So it's just like all the things, you know? I love that. I think about this often actually with myself because growing up, you know, between two worlds, it was like Modesto, California, and then Mariposa. I had both of those lives. And I remember when I was really young, I was so into all the things with my dad on the ranch and, you know, the horses and the stuff. And then I was like the teenage rebellious Modesto, Central Cali, like chick and couldn't get far enough away from it all. And around 27 kept coming back to that. But like you, Max has an aunt and uncle that raised their daughter on fashion so consciously, like did all the things we do. Plus, like we look at them and we're like, you guys are incredible. And then their daughter's rebellion, you know, when she went to college, she was like, I'm so unrelatable. I don't have trauma. Like, I'm like the most unrelatable person. Not only am I beautiful, you know, I've been thinking through this for her in in this culture. Like, she's white, she's wealthy, she's beautiful and has very little trauma. 
<laughs> so, and you know, the hardest thing when her mom was telling me about this, she was like, and how hard must it be when you're telling this to your mom and your mom's like, oh, I understand. I hear you. Like, how infuriating must that be when you come from, you know, like such understanding integrated parents. Um, but, you know, I look at that stuff and I'm like, I can't wait. To, I know she'll have her full circle as I did, like in Topanga now with the donkeys and very much like my child, you come to your full circle, those places that felt good and like home and regulated, you know? And so I love hearing about your cousin's version of that because we always joke that Teddy's rebellion is that she's going to probably become like a surgeon or something (laughs) like so different than us. You know, we didn't even go to college. Like we're so heavy, all the things. And she'll probably become like a really high profile lawyer. something we're always laughing about that oh my god i love it we'll be like that's awesome (laughs) yeah it's i loved hearing you when you were sharing too about like your kind of mariposa early life and then modesto and it honestly wasn't until we moved out here to mariposa that i started really getting in touch with how much time i spent in nature as a kid and just because my early life was just so much in the woods and in georgia where i grew up and like by the creek and I would go to the summer camp in the mountains every summer and just like be gone for like eight weeks, just in the woods, hiking and doing all kinds of things. And it had such a like massive impact on me. And then I spent so much of my adult life in cities because I was like, I just want to be in a big bustling city. I want to be in San Francisco, New York, LA, all these places. And then coming out here, even though the landscape is different, the trees are different, it's like a different climate, but it's still quiet. It's still nature. It's still like all this grounded energy. And being out here, I've been getting so much more in touch with those younger like periods in my life where I was so in nature. And I was like, oh, this is why my system is just like, you're home. Like, what took you so long to get out here? You know what I mean? Like, we've been waiting for you. And that really brings me to this piece that I've been working through as I've been doing your work and to be magnetic. And I feel like I'm so, I mean, I just feel so fortunate on so many levels to have known you for so long and to have gotten so much of this work through you and through our friendship. And, you know, you mentioned before the relationship that I was in when, when we met and that breakup. And I'll never forget, I think I was in Los Feliz at the time. And you came over to my house one night and you sat down and you're like, okay, let's get your list going. Like, what, who's your next partner? Like, let's really like think about this and let's start crafting this and let's do this work. And it was just, I mean, that was so long ago. And like you said, and here we are now, but it was all those things. It was like family, quiet, you know, just a lot of it, a lot of it that is happening now. And what I'm getting to with this is just my authentic code, mm. which I didn't even realize how much I needed that until I, until I started doing it. And I, you know, I work with some clients of mine who have done all this work and they're like, you really need to do the authentic code. And I'm like, I know, cause I'm hearing you all talk about it and it seems really potent and powerful. And so I finally was like, okay, I'm going to like do this after all these years, like actually get in and do it. And I'm bringing this in cause it really ties to that nature piece. That was like so big in my authentic code. And before I did the, that work, I was writing out like, what do I see for myself? What do I want? And it was so funny because it was like all shadow. It was all shadow. And then I started going through your work and going through the process. And once I got to my authentic code, I was in tears. I mean, I was just, and I'm probably going to start crying again for like the 10th time (laughs) during this conversation. But I was like, oh, this is actually what I want. And it's not that I don't want my life now. Of course I do. But it was almost like, the authentic code was like the life that you're in right now. This is it. 
You know, like this is this is actually what you want. Yeah. All this other stuff that the, the parts of you are still striving for and still grasping for, like look around you, go pet one of your donkeys, go pick up your kids. Like this is actually it. Yeah, this is it. It was amazing to see like just how much of my shadow was still trying to like, I don't know, just that striving piece, you know, that striving piece that's still like, okay, well, when I get this other thing, then I will really feel like I, you know, can be more present or like feel more settled or be okay in my life. And yeah, so that, that process has been so illuminating for me to really get clear on what I want and that I'm actually already doing a lot of those things. I'm just not, it's like my shadow aspects are still getting in the way of me really recognizing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And that's exactly why we put it in the new How to Manifest workshop, because I could just tell based on like we had this thing called support supported for a long time. And there was a point where I was only really doing it every couple of months. But prior to that, when Jessica and I were on the podcast, like working through what's coming up in the community and stuff, I was like, man, people have been doing this work, but they still are being led by their wounded inner child for what they think they need or what they've been fed that if they get this, they will be loved, they will be happy. And so it's like the authentic self peace is everything. Like if that's our compass, the universe is like, oh, this is going to be, this is, this is all going to happen a lot faster. (laughs) If your compass is direct, is aligned with what your soul is asking for, rather than all of this programming you, you, or your non-integrated self is needing to integrate and to heal wounds. If we can just get right to what your soul came on this planet to have, want and need to be happy, which changes, um, this is so much quicker. Then it's just up to you to unblock, expand, and and take aligned action. And we're headed in the right direction. Because, you know, um, so many people especially are drawn to manifestation because their compass isn't aligned. It's, you know, they're like, I need this to be. I need this to be. And in fact, it's like when I am, and I'm just like working with all the cobwebs in my subconscious and taking the right action, it comes and it comes so much more fully, so much better than what I could even have imagined. My heart is just like, it's like those moments when you're outside and you're like crying, you're so blissed out that you're like, how, how am I this lucky? How, because that's when like our authentic self is aligned with what we want and need and it comes. So I just love that you, I love that you're like, you dug into that one because that one, it, it's my filter for everything. Like mine currently is family experiences, family memories, like anything to do with Max and I and Teddy in the garden, traveling in our spaces like that. That's number our animals. That's big. Two is design. Like I'm so led by design and changing structures. And I just love that piece. It, It like it's my torn north node. I just love it. And then the third is finance and investing. I love, love, love learning. I love being an empowered woman who knows and learns about finance. Like There's such a piece to that that is so exciting to me. And so that's the third. And then the fourth is um, self-care. Like I love like taking baths and you know, all those things. And so literally anything that comes into my life, I filter it through those four things. And I'm like, if it doesn't check these four boxes, it's a no. 
I was thinking about, for instance, I was just in escrow on this property in Mendocino. Just like it hit so many of those boxes. It's in this little town called Casper. It's three old Victorian teeny fisherman homes, Mm -hmm. like where you can hear the waves crash you to sleep at night, like lull you to sleep along with the sea lions, like pretty untouched-ish. And I knew because I have friends who live in that little town, that little town just went over from Mendocino, like just a few miles and before Fort Bragg. And some friends said, like, I, I think there's like a septic well thing. So I, I put an offer and got into escrow because I was like one of the only already permitted because they were existing that I could Airbnb all three of them and like give my community this experience of Mendocino, like really design it, witchy, nautical, like the whole vibe. And I'm in it. And during this challenge, in fact, um, we started to get the septic reports back. We started to get the things and working with the specialist and, you know, our contractor, his wife was in the building department forever. So she can like triple check with the county. It's like the best dream team. <laughs> and I went, I can do this. Yeah. And it checks the finance piece. It'll definitely make a return. It checks the design piece beyond, beyond, beyond. Even kind of checks like the self-care fund piece because I was maybe going to put like a store there with all of those things. But you know, the piece it's really going to take away from are the family moments piece because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be so in that project, especially when I'm in Mendocino. So it's a no. Like if the septic issue, if all of that wasn't there and it was way more of a smooth sailing ride, like the one we have in Topanga, you know, a couple blocks away. Sure. Like that was a two month project. So fast, so quick, got it going. It's rented and the the backspace is Airbnb. It checked everything. So I'm getting so like hyper, not vigilant, but like so trusting in the universe mm-hmm. that the even better will come that won't take away from that family piece. And so it's like when we have that authentic code, it's just our compass. It's our compass that speeds up the process. And so I love that you brought that up. Mm, I love everything that you shared. And I love the language of it being the compass because I think that was a big piece for me. And what's been interesting is, you know, since becoming a parent and since moving and just my life has changed so much. You know, my life has changed so much in the last like four and a half years. And it's, it's almost like I needed a new authentic code, if that makes sense. Cause I was like, I don't know like where I'm going right now or what it is that I want for myself or even like I just felt really, I felt really lost for lack of a better word in some ways. Like, yeah, I've done that. You know, I have the book and I'm working on that and we've got our kids and all these things, but there was some piece that was like, I just don't feel like I have this map. I don't have a compass. I'm just kind of out here winging it, you know? And that's, that's how I felt honestly, since becoming a mom, I've been winging it in so many ways because my family dynamics have changed. Just so many things have changed. There's been so much grief. There's been so much healing. There's, you know, all the things. And I felt like this was such a just it's been such an incredible tool to have at this time in my life. And, you know, Nick has said to me before, he's like, you need some kind of map that can help you make decisions. <laughs> he's like, because you're always having, you're like making a choice and then you're like, oh, that's not it. Wait, let me send that email and be like, actually, I don't want to do that. He's like, you just need to know kind of like right away yeah. what that is. And so I love that you said it was a compass because that's how I've been using it too. It's just like, here's my filter. And it's making my life so much easier and so much smoother. And it's taking a lot of that like stress that I would get because there's still, I would still have those parts that would be like, Ooh, I'm going for the carrot. It's like this shiny thing over here. And then like two months into some conversation about a project and then I'm going, Oh my God, I don't want to do this. I actually knew I didn't want to do this when I sent that initial email, but I didn't have the filter. It's like, I didn't have the thing to be like, 
hold me accountable in a way to go, actually, no, sister, look at your list right here. This yeah. isn't on it. Move on. You know, like trust the process. So move on. Move on. Right? Trust the process. <laughs> and it's so, it's honestly so hard. If you don't have like tools around that and you're like, wow, this great thing's coming to me, especially if you have like inner child stuff around this, you're like, I better take it or it's going to get passed up. You know, that lack and stuff, like it's so hard. And that's like when you have this compass, this map to filter everything through. I mean, I filter everything through it, like test through it, basically like everything in my life. And it's, it just makes things easier. And I trust it because good things just keep coming and coming. (laughs) So I've learned to have a really good trust muscle with that. And that it, you know, like, the universe and I are very much dancing on this alignment, you know, which will, I think, be the the total through line of this whole conversation. And the universe always supports me in it, always supports me, supports me, supports me. And that's where it's like, how empowering and how, how anchoring mm. is it to have that? Like when you really understand your authentic code and you can really double down on it and stick to it. Yeah, it's been so anchoring. And I loved what you just said too about the, just that support. And I think that's one of the pieces that's come to this work as well as being able to take a moment and pause and rest and go, actually, I am supported. And so all those unintegrated younger parts of myself actually want, as they become integrated, there's more room for me to like settle into what's actually happening and to know like, oh, I actually am supported and to look Mm. at that support rather than being like, yeah, that support is happening, but I'm still freaking out over here. You know, it's like, I can't even like settle into the support and really receive the, receive the support. And I feel like that receptivity piece is almost like the next phase of my work is to really allow myself to receive more. And that is such, it's like going back, it's just like you said, kind of full circle to the beginning because that's vulnerable, right? That's intimacy. That's like being, allowing myself to just go, I'm going to take a breath and just relax here in this moment. And it's not about never doing work or any of those things, but it's really just about receiving what's, what's present right now, instead of always like turning to that little one who's like, yeah, but any minute something bad's going to happen. So you need to be ready. It's like, you know what? If something bad happens, I will be ready. And I don't need you to help me. I need you to actually take a nap right now. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like that's what I've been telling all my wounded children as I do this work. Like, girl, they are tired. Every time I do a DI and go into shadow, all my young ones are exhausted. And they literally are just like, can we take a nap? And when we wake up, can we have a snack? Like that's yeah. all they want. And I'm like, of course. They're just like, we've been running yeah. a lot, like running a lot of energy for a long time. We're just tired. Well, everything that you're saying too, again, it's just so full circle on this conversation where it's like, that's what all of your work is right now. Your new work with this book. It's like permission to rest. Yeah, And you know, like permission to rest also means permission to surrender and trust and not hold like have to control and and work and do all that. It's just so, it's so beautiful. It's so perfect for everything we're talking about. And I can't wait to read this. I'm like, I want to read this book because it's not out yet, right? Like it's still pre-order. Yeah, it's still pre-order. It'll be out in um, September. Actually, it comes out on the Equinox will be the pub date, September 19th, which I thought was, I was like, oh, this feels like a magical little portal for rest. It's a good time. We're in the Equinox energy And yeah, to your point, that's been exactly it. It's like, I've done all this work these last few years on resting, on kind of getting myself more integrated, more willing to slow down, more willing to kind of move at a different pace. And it's almost like the next wave is like, okay, now that I'm rested, what can I receive? Like, what will I 
allow myself yeah. to receive. And I feel like everything that you're offering and all the DIs and everything, not just this challenge, but the whole to be magnetic program is going to like just be filtering right into that. It's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for, for more, you know, just for more of what yeah. I want. And I, um, I'm ready to just really claim that for myself too. And that feels so aligned with just with, you know, our friendship and all the, all the ways that we've grown over the last <laughs> decade <laughs> together. And, you know, going back to the soul family piece, just really like tuning into that and just feeling so just in general, but especially in this moment right now, just feeling so much gratitude for our friendship and to be able to be in this soul family and on this like earth plane together and doing all the work that we're doing together. And yeah, and just really supporting each other. Like I have these relationships that are going deeper and then others that are just starting to kind of like cycle off too. And it's like my, it's almost like my friend group is getting smaller, but it's so much deeper and so much more amazing, you know? Yeah. And it's really like touching into that soul family. It's like, oh, I've got soul family now. I don't have as many friends and that's actually okay. I've got this beautiful soul family, but you know, one of the things that I was initially writing as I was kind of making notes for our conversation is just from the very beginning of our friendship, how supportive I felt by you and how you've always just been so supportive, so generous, so non judgmental, just so like, I'm here for you. Like, let's, you know, be friends. Let's do this friendship. How can I support you? And yeah, it's just, I want to kind of end on this note because it's so um, important to me and meaningful to me to A, just name that here on this podcast. And, and also to tell you just how much, how much your like support and care and generosity and non judgmentalness <laughs> that's even a word, it's just meant for, for me as a human and as someone who's your friend. And I just, I'm so moved by you and inspired by you. And I'm just so excited for the next kind of chapter of our friendship. Oh, I love like that makes me cry. I'm so I know, I'm I already the crying same way and I just really hear that. I know. <laughs> I'm like, that's how we have to end this is just crying. <laughs> hey, let the tears come. I feel like there's just nothing more nourishing and a gift. Cause I don't think people know friendships like that mm. very often and and deeply. You know, that's one that it just gives to give and just loves to love. And that must be the soul family. Like it must that must be what that is, because it's so lucky and special. And like you, I have an abundance of, of friends, but I don't have the energy for a lot of friends. And so when when friends are so deeply in alignment. And it feels like so reciprocated and so beautiful. It, it doesn't even feel like energy. So those are the ones that to me, like you said, it's the depths that I'm here for. That's the fun stuff. <sighs> Thank you, Lacey. Thank you for sharing your time with me today and listening to The Deeper Call. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening from. If you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please pass it along. Your support and presence is so appreciated. In closing, I invite you to take three deep grounding breaths with me. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. 
exhale. Last one. Inhale. Exhale. Thanks again for being here. With care and gratitude, your host, Ashley. Ashley.